Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the Mr. Super Esteemed, Matthew, it's always 420, Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's, I, I am an upstanding citizen in my community, and I, I want to go on record that we're talking about just the fact that I thought it was April 20th last year, or last couple weeks ago, not the fact that I'm always smoking pot, okay? I... <laughs> When you say it's always 420, I, I just want to go on record clarifying what that meant because I've, you know, some friends, colleagues, people that I know mm-hmm. might listen mm-hmm. to this someday. And I, I just want to go on record. Okay. Test me anytime. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. To those people, Matthew always thinks the date is April 20th. There you go. Thank is, you. Is that any less concerning? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah, just go ahead with that. <laughs> all the time. That's... Yeah, right, right. I live in the Emerald Triangle. Right. Why not? Let's. Uh, sure. Let's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Matthew, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, would you rather uh, be in Hawaii with COVID or at home without? I got to go at home without. <laughs> Because, <laughs> as you've been telling me, there ain't uh-huh. nothing to do in Hawaii when you're in Hawaii with COVID. <laughs> oh, I mean, the yeah. only, I guess you're miserable in, a, in, in paradise, but... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you lived in Hawaii, you would be at home. Uh, I guess there's that. There's that. Uh, well, you tell me. Yeah, no. What, what, what well... You- well, you know what I remember from last week is uh, I saying, I was talking about how I have a charmed life. You uh, jinxed yourself, I, I huh? Think, uh, yeah, I think the universe was just like, <laughs> jokes on you, Ben. Uh, it turns out while we were recording last week that I was actually already um, laden with uh, virus from our friend, uh, the omicron variant of coronavirus and i ended up uh not feeling well pretty much later that evening and i ended up testing myself the next day and uh, lo and behold uh i had covid and so i have spent what will end up being the entire remainder of my trip suffering from covid watching the rest of my family come down with covid and then trying to change hotels while on COVID and, uh, and then hoping that everything, I, 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 I actually get better according to the, the schedule that I'm supposed to so I can travel home on my previously scheduled date. Uh, so I would say I would much rather be at home without COVID. I would much rather be at home with COVID <laughs> than yeah. traveling. It has been miserable. So folks, don't get COVID while you're traveling. Uh, more importantly, don't get on an airplane if you are feeling a scratchy throat and you're starting to cough, like the young lady who sat two seats away from me was when I flew out here. Ah, uh, you you have your suspicions on how you got it, huh? 
Well, I so, so what made me think I had COVID was I had the exact same symptoms she did. Mm. Yeah. I had the exact same symptoms that I observed this young lady have for five and a half hours on a flight while her mother rubbed her back because of her aching sore muscles. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, we'll have something to make you feel better. Mm. What's that? The Giants swept the Dodgers this weekend. <laughs> you know what? In my in my sickened stupor, I did I did see that. It's one of the few things that I remember from my birthday because yes, folks, I was I was the most sick on my birthday. Um, but I think I think that was maybe the price I had to pay. Because, Matthew, did you know that the San Francisco Giants are 15 and 25 on my birthday in my lifetime? I did not know that until you told me. No. Yeah. Yeah. And on my 18th birthday, they were 9 and 9 after that day. So it has not been in a good adulthood. So even though on average the Giants have been pretty good during my adult years, they stink on my birthday. That explains why you're so jaded. Yeah. It does explain it, right? My baseball team can't win on my birthday. I, and I, uh, and not only did they win on my birthday, they beat the Dodgers on their way to a sweep. Don't get any better than Just that. Just like I demanded. That's right. You did. <laughs> well, especially after we laid an egg, we didn't even talk about on our last podcast that last game against, uh, against the Rockies where we gave mm. the game away and three errors in an inning and four errors overall. And just, it was the, I mean, we looked the worst I think we'd looked hey, Matthew, all year. I'm, I'm beginning to think the Giants might have a bad defense, Matthew. <laughs> Except when they play the Dodgers. <laughs> Except when they play the Dodgers. Right. I mean, oh, wow. I've, I've, uh, I think you know, we just play the Dodgers all the time because I feel like we focus more. There's more energy. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe there was this time. There was this time. Those first two games that they played in, in Dodger Stadium earlier in the season were pretty much yeah. horrific. Yeah, good point. But... Uh, but this series, you know, yeah, it was it was night and day, um, but but without a doubt. Anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, June fifteenth, as we record this podcast. The Giants went a um, a uh, a six and one, as I demanded, and uh, doing exactly how I said uh, that they must by sweeping the Dodgers and then dropping one against the Kansas City Royals. They went 3-0 and against the Dodgers. They went 2-1 against the Royals, uh, bringing their record to, uh, what is it now, 35-27. and They are third place in the NL West. But closing in on the Dodgers, the Dodgers, man, they, they have really fallen back to earth, as we all knew we would. Why is that, Bob? Dodgers suck. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do, Bob. And uh, and now, actually, the Dodgers are in a flat-footed tie with uh, San Diego, although I think I think San Diego has a lower winning percentage because they haven't played the same number of games. But the Giants remain in uh, control oh, of no, the correction. third as wild a, card Well, as of right now, I'm looking at it, the, the oh. Padres actually have a half-game lead over the Dodgers. Oh, one of those games that was going on while you and I were chit-chatting must have uh, finished. Yeah, the Padres, I think, must have won their game. And the Dodgers are still playing. Is that what's happening? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, that is correct. Yep. Ooh, Padres okay. put a whooping on the Cubs today. 19-5. to five. Oh, yeah, but the Dodgers are no-hitting the Angels. 
and leading four to nothing. So I'm gonna guess. Maybe their manager should get a mohawk. Maybe Phil Nevin should just get a mohawk. (laughs) Did you see that? Did you see that story? I did see that. I did see that story. Uh, Is this a pre-cocktail story? Yeah. Let's quick. Just now that I've mentioned it, you know, Joe Madden, you know, was trying to, you know, trying to break the Angels' 12-game losing streak at the time. Goes and gets a mohawk. Before he could present himself to the team to inspire his team, he gets fired, and no one on the team ever saw the mohawk. And it's just like, I just had this picture of this old, dejected guy with a mohawk just sitting in his house, being all dejected, and and to to add insult to injury, he's got a mohawk, like, that no one ever saw. And Folks. Folks, there was a there was a point in time at that day where Joe Madden took off his hat and looked at himself in the mirror <laughs> after he had been fired. You know, I don't know what kind of human being you are, but uh, I'm just going to let that tasty. It's t- it's a tasty morsel, no matter how how you uh, choose to appreciate that. Whether it's fraudenshoid or you want to suffer along with him, whatever it is, that is a tasty morsel. Oh, Joe yeah. Madden staring it's- himself in the mirror with his mohawk. <laughs> Feel sorry for the guy. I do, but you know, he probably could have used a good. Oh, you're cocktail. one of those. Okay. He probably could have used a good. I cocktail. bet he could have. Yeah. So. Yeah. On that note, Bob, why don't you hit Ben with the question? What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thanks for asking, Bob. Uh, I guess that's kind of you, or whatever. Um, Bob, I had such great plans about my cocktail this week. I was going to do a lot of research. I was going to run around this island. I was going to go to... You were going to climb trees for coconuts? You were going to do stuff, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was. You know, there's there's limes or lemons. I don't know. There's some sort of citrus growing out on, on the, in the front of this uh, uh, Airbnb I'm in right now. And uh, I was going to make a great cocktail. Um, and, then, and then the pandemic kicked me in the teeth, Bob. And you know what I did? Today... Now that I am, according to the CDC, allowed to go outside with a mask, I went to the Kaloa Distillery and I bought myself a pre-made cocktail. It's come to and this. And that's what I'm drinking, Bod. It has come to this. I am drinking out of a plastic bottle a Hawaiian rum punch cocktail. Now, it was made here in, in Kauai, I assume. Uh, and Chicago, Illinois. Is... <laughs> Chicago, Illinois. Um, uh, no, it says right here. It says uh, distilled and bottled in the USA by Kaloa Run Company, Kalahio, Kauai, Hawaii. Okay. And so I'm assuming that means it was it was at least distilled and, and created here. I guess it could have been created on the mainland somewhere or perhaps another island. But that's what I'm drinking. And um, you know what? It, it's easy and it's got rum in it. And this is the first cocktail I've had since our last show. Um, and I don't know if one should drink when they have COVID, but I am right now. <laughs> All right. Well. How is it? Mm, it is, it's fruity. It's it's good. It's passable. All right. You know, yeah, I've I've I resisted mean, the canned awful. cocktails out of out of principle, uh, but uh-huh. uh, no, I don't I blame guess you. In a pinch, right? You got COVID, and you're in a pinch. Why not, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I sometimes life throws you curveballs, and you just uh, I, don't, I don't know what let it hit you in the shoulder, Matthew. 
<laughs> you lean into it and you let that soft breaking ball hit you in the shoulder and you take your base. And that's what I'm doing. I'm taking uh, my base. Well, I'm glad it was just a soft breaking ball and not a not not a 100 mile an hour fastball to the ribs. <laughs> no, that was COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, why don't you why don't you hit me up here? What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, I I'm drinking a, a bourbon bramble, and what I liked about this one is that again, uh, I'm going with my uh, garden recipe, you know, stuff out of my garden. And uh, this year we planted a bunch of herbs. And I'll be honest, the herb planting—I I may have told my wife it was because you know it would be great to have fresh herbs for cooking. But really, I was thinking cocktails. I mean, it's no coincidence. We've got basil and mint uh, as the staples out there. Yeah, we got a little cilantro and thyme as well. But the, the mint is looking good and the basil is looking excellent right now. So I pulled a few leaves of basil off of my fresh basil plant and uh, muddled that with uh, some fresh blackberries, which they were from the store because I don't have a blackberry bush on our property. Uh, and uh, with, uh, with, with three quarter ounces of lemon juice and an ounce and a half of basil Hayden bourbon. And, uh, you know, uh, well, first you muddle the, the, the basil leaves and the blackberries, and then you add the, the basil Hayden, you add the fresh lemon juice, and half an ounce of Chambord, the blackberry liqueur, and uh, shake that all together in ice, you know, with ice in a shaker, and double strain it into a rocks glass. It, and I double strained it because I just didn't want the little bits of blackberry all floating around. But if you like that, just strain it. It'll all it'll all be good. Uh, it is a refreshing cocktail, uh, not overly sweet. You know, I, I uh, it, it's got just enough sweetness, I think, from the Chambord to offset the lemon uh but and and then the blackberries themselves are not not as sweet as you would think you know so there's a little bit of tartness i think from the berry as well uh but a very nice cocktail and uh, i'm almost done with it because we've been talking for a long time before we uh we we started our podcast and uh it is very refreshing so that's what i am drinking well matthew i still have two more of these bottled cocktails plus i got these little airplane uh, cocktail, these little air, airplane bottles of all the rums that Kaloa makes. Nice. And so I actually have seven of them here. So I, I might as well just pour this one into my cocktail. <laughs> You're going to make it a double, huh? I'm going to make that a double. Um, it's a double rum punch. Double rum, single punch. Um, what was the name of that cocktail, Matthew? Uh, Bourbon Bramble. Blackberry Bramble. Bourbon Bramble. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I was just... Basil Hayden's with basil. I was like, is this like a double basil, double blackberry? No. Basil, basil? I don't, actually, I don't know basil, why basil, basil Hayden's called basil Hayden, but it is a fine bourbon. I really like basil Hayden mm-hmm. as one of the bourbons that I bourbon, enjoy. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So when I want to have a really nice cocktail, I'll break out the basil Hayden because it is a little bit on the higher end of uh, the price range of the ba- bourbon, bourbons mm-hmm. that I that I have in my cabinet. So, uh, yeah, today was uh, I was feeling good, and I um, right. really like it. Nice, you know, summer day drink. Well, you know what? I don't care what Bob says. That sounds like a tasty cocktail. <laughs> Bob, Bob wasn't a fan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> Sure you do, Bob. Sure you do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers uh, series was was fun, and 
and nerve-wracking, I think, all at the same time. I mean, Fridays, maybe not so much, but have you ever had a more stressful game, watched a more stressful game than, than Saturday's game? No, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, because uh, it was an extremely stressful game, and I had to listen to A.J. Pierzynski and Eric Karos <laughs> talking about baseball while the stressful game was happening. Forever Giant, A.J. Pierzynski? <laughs> for, for, yeah, Forever Giant. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it when people use that phrase for just about anybody. One of my fond memories... Now. Yeah, my fond memories of A.J. Persinski during his one year with the Giants was how he and Brett Tomko were so close. <laughs> and uh, they were they were really good friends. They got along. Yeah, only because A.J. Good. didn't have enough time for uh, for Tomko's wanting to go over hitters. <laughs> hey, listen, Matthew, those cards aren't going to play themselves. That's right. There's a high-stakes poker yeah. game going on, man. Who has time for baseball? Yeah. Hey, A.J. Persinski, elephants and old Giants fans, we never forget. Um... It, no, that was that was brutal. But you know what? All's well that ends well because my man, Camilo Doval, came through in a in a in a do or die situation, and uh, you know uh, looked amazing. As did Harlan Garcia. I was going to say, yeah, so, we had a couple of uh, amazing pitching performances in there, sandwiched around some pretty crappy pitching performances. Zach Lidell. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, just when I'm ready to give up on Zach Littell, speaking of, I mean, today, um, I know we yeah. lost today against the Royals, but uh, uh, he looked good today against the Royals. Why can't we have that Zach Littell every, every time out? I don't, I'm hoping that that's the start of a trend here because he has uh, he has not been the, the strongest link on our, in our bullpen. We saw a lot more of that Zach Littell last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Zach Littell, he's, he, was, he's, he was up and down last year. He, he, you know, uh, he's definitely a streaky kind of guy. But what he has been recently has not been streaky. It has been going on for a long time, and and it, it makes him um, it makes me begin to wonder why he's on the team. So then, yeah, it really, really was nice to see an outing like today in a close game where where it really mattered. But anyway, no, I mean, I I think I, I do want to talk about just the Dodger series overall, um, rather than just like key moments within that series because. You know, I, I mean, we just we lost today. We just put together a five-game winning streak. I don't think that that proves anything. I don't think that that proves that this team is through uh, whatever challenges it has been facing. But this is a team that, after the first 25 days or so of the season, has been very much Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah. They have been really good, and then they have been really bad. And I think there were times where we felt felt like they were just on the brink of losing control of the season. And and they really, really needed to pull themselves together, um, especially after losing a series to the Rockies at home. And and they needed to prove it against the Dodgers. Right. I mean, like not just to prove not just because it's your big rival. And not just because Ben says so, although that is a huge part of it, right? <laughs> you know, I, I demand victories over the Dodgers, as do all Giants fans. And, uh, and, and I get very, very cranky when I don't get them. 
But, I mean, this team just needed to prove that it could win against teams that were even, that are good, right? Yeah. Or at least hold its own. And and no matter what, they just needed wins against anybody. Well, particularly against the Dodgers. I mean, the way they went in, they finished up that Rocky series, you had the feeling like, oh gosh, you know, considering, especially considering we lost the first two against the Dodgers in uh, in, in L.A., thinking, if we get swept here, you're, you're nine and a half games out of first place. And and there's no yeah. coming back from that. I mean, that's not against the Dodgers, right, right? right? And well, and if they had gotten swept by the Dodgers, while same time while the Phillies and the Braves, the Braves who have won at this point 13 games in a row now and have passed the Giants in the wild card standings, um, yeah, that they yes. Sorry to interrupt, but yes. <laughs> well, no, and and listeners. Um, uh, I don't know if Ben was telling me that he interrupted or he was telling the birds. Sorry for interrupting. But uh, you know, I'm not going to edit out all the bird noises. He's sitting out in Hawaii in his little lanai or whatever. Oh, yeah, and, I, forgot uh, to, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so there's, uh, you know, you're going to hear uh, the, the tropics uh, in the background this episode. And uh, I don't have it in me tonight to edit out all the uh, the bird noises. So welcome to the tropics. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Why would you listen to that? Why would you edit that out? This is like the one nice night I've had, Matthew, in a week. <laughs> all right. I'm Let good. me and our fans enjoy it. Okay. All right. Enjoy your, your night out on the with the birds. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine? I mean, being I mean, we're down. It's the, the the difference between being nine and a half and three and a half. You know, is is what that swing was. The potential of getting swept versus sweeping the Dodgers, and it really. Uh, I think just you know, changed the tenor. I think of of the race at this point because up until now, I think you know, I, I know I was a little nervous and waiting for that other shoe to drop and waiting for the Giants to just you know just kind of start to stumble more and more. And because I mean, let's face it, their their most of their winning record was built off those first twenty to twenty five games, and they've been below five hundred going into the Dodgers series since. So uh, you know now, but now. I'm feeling a little bit better about things, and I think I bet the Giants are too. You know, and uh, there's just the, the psychological impact of going in and winning uh, a series like that has to has to mean something. I mean, I think I think it means a lot because one, they played really really good baseball all around, right? They finally there were none of these defensive miscues that we we have seen, right? We saw in the Royals they, they came back in the Royals series. Um, I mean, there was there was a moment where Tyro Estrada uh, helped get Harleen Garcia into a little bit of trouble before Duvall was able to escape on Saturday, right? So it wasn't like the defense was perfect, um, but but I think it was the best baseball that we had seen the Giants play, uh, especially on the defensive side, where we saw great performances from the bullpen for the most part. We saw good, strong defense for the most part. Our starters pitched well. Um, and, and you got great, you know, it was just a great, um, performances on the defensive side of the ball, which we just have not seen consistently up until that point in time. And so it really was a like, Hey, you know what? This team is good and it can be very good. And, and when the defense isn't, sorry, when the offense is not able to contribute the, like the way it usually does against admittedly a very strong pitching staff. Uh, you know you can still win those games because your defense is good enough to do so. And I think it just demonstrates that this is still a great team. And this is a team that I think can play better. Uh, not just 
when it gets back key players, and they did get back some key players in that series, I think Austin Slater being paramount amongst those, but even just the, the, the players that are on the roster now, they can play better. Yeah. Well, of course, and, yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting talking about rosters and, and players. I mean, you looked at the roster this weekend of the Giants and you compared it to the roster of of the Dodgers. And, you know, on the Dodgers side, you've got three MVPs, three possible future Hall of Famers, you know, you know in the first three spots of their batting order. And, and, and then you look at their payroll, the, the disparity between the payroll for the Giants and the Dodgers uh, in that lineup on, on Friday was $123 million. That was the difference between the two lineups. And, uh, and, and I hear people talk about you know, the Giants being cheap and the Giants uh, not spending on big free agents and all that. And I, I understand that that's the sexy thing. That's the thing we've been conditioned to believe win baseball games. But as I've said before, you know what wins baseball games? Good baseball players. And it doesn't matter how much you pay them. Uh, and the Giants, whether through luck or skill, and I'm going to go with skill, have this knack for finding good baseball players that fit what they want to do. And you know, it allows us to go in and beat teams like the Dodgers uh, in, in convincing manners. And, and, and I, it's, it's interesting being on social media and seeing fans just being really frustrated when, A, we're blessed to have as good a team as we do um you know ask national fans or reds fans how they're feeling right now uh but i think that that's where we have to you know appreciate the fact that yeah we're not spending tons of money on on these free agents but we're also having watching really good baseball um except when it comes to ground balls to you know certain players but i i i think overall you know the giants have built a really good team uh and it's based on uh it's based on a formula of of you know they've got a certain type of hitter that they like they got a certain kind of you know, pitching that throws strikes doesn't walk anyone and prevents home runs. You know that's what their pitching staff does. Uh, batters are you know looking for pitches that they can drive and not chasing balls out of the strike zone. You know these are the types of things that voila have proven to win games and have proven to produce good baseball players. And you get guys like you know that come up like Luis Gonzalez or you know they're finding guys that are fitting the mold and 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 producing at a level that's comparable to a team that spends 123 more million on their lineup than us. And, um, and so to me, there's a little satisfaction in watching the Giants beat the Dodgers in that way, because I think the Dodgers, you know, when you spend that much money, you expect to just steamroll everyone, right? And, and they're certainly not doing that this year. And they didn't do it last year. No, right. I, I think that's, that's absolutely correct. I, I think that um, we all think, seem to think that spending the most money is what wins baseball games. And that is, that's just not true. You know, I mean, yes, if you spend a lot of money on great players, you are probably going to have a great team. But there are other ways to get good baseball players out onto the field. And and and, and one of the problems with the approach that the Dodgers are taking is that people get hurt, right? I mean, look at the situation that they're now in with Walker Bueller, right? They're talking about getting, you know, trading now for a uh, a starting pitcher so that they can replace Walker Bueller. And how, how many times can they go to that well? I mean, their minor leagues uh, system isn't as strong as it used to be. No, Baseball Prospectus ranks their their farm league as being the twentieth best 
in all of baseball. And just a few years ago, it was one of the, it was in the top five, right? Oh, for sure. Right. But they traded all those guys away for like people like Trey Turner and uh, Max Scherzer. Right. And so, you know, and, um, and New York York Met. Yeah. uh, Max Scherzer. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And, and that's because they're in the win now mode and no, it, it absolutely is. It's always great to see uh, this the Giants beat the Dodgers, but it is especially satisfying to see this particular roster beat this particular Dodgers roster because of that financial disparity that you're talking about. Um, but it's also great to continue to put that pressure on the Giants. And I talked about this a lot last year, and I haven't talked about it much this year, is to continue to put pressure on the Dodgers organization. They are in a win-now mode, right? They're spending, what, $300 million-plus on this roster because they want to win the World Series this year. And they're going to do whatever it takes to do that, and that means they're going to make their, their, um, their farm system even worse this year to get what they want to do to be competitive this year so every time we beat them and we force them to make those choices the better it is for the giants next year and the years after as our young farm system gets older and better and uh and so absolutely these games matter no matter what happens in the standings at the end of the year because it forces the dodgers to make tough decisions and uh and yeah, of course, it's always it's always fun to watch a, a giant financial juggernaut get swept by anybody. I I took tremendous joy when the Dodgers got swept at home by the Pirates a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, that was uh, that was epic fraud and shoyed. Uh, so to see the Giants do it, you know, obviously just epic elation, epic elation, epic, epic. epic. All right. Well, yeah, I think we could probably talk forever about this Dodgers series, but you know, other things have happened. Uh, one thing that we didn't talk a lot about last week was, uh, you know, after Joey Bart was sent down, they 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 traded for and immediately installed uh, on their roster uh, catcher Austin Wins, and uh, you had jokingly said that that means more wins, right? And uh, and and it did, right? I mean, since no, <laughs> and, they're they're five and more and hits <laughs> and. and uh... And more putouts at home plate. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, it, lots of other stuff. And and just looking at this guy, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I you know, we were we we challenged ourselves to find uh, uh, who are to ask ourselves who our players of the week were, right? And uh, you know, that was uh, so to me. Austin wins is my my player of the week, and mainly because. How hard is it? I mean, he has struggled in the majors. He's had a few cups of coffee. He hasn't, you know, he's he's played a, a good number of games, but not a lot uh, in the majors, and uh, hasn't done particularly well. And so, I feel like how difficult is it to come into a new a new team, um, a new league? He, you know, came from trade. He wasn't even on the forty man roster of the Orioles when they traded him. Uh, so comes on immediately gets installed on the major league roster, and what does he do? I mean, he goes I think two for two in his debut. Um, he's batting right now three thirty three with a three seventy five on base percentage, and uh, and what strikes and you know I, I really I, that's what they need. They need a guy. They don't need a guy to hit even three thirty three, but they need a guy that's going to turn the roster over. They need a guy that's going to or the lineup over, I should say, uh, a guy that's going to not be an automatic out, right? And and uh, and and also play good defense. And he's done both in such a short amount of time. Uh, only two strikeouts in sixteen plate appearances, um, which you know it's not Joey Bart, right? I mean Joey Bart, you know, is uh, 
50, almost 50% uh, strikeout percentage. And so uh, he's putting the ball in play, doing good things uh, with the bat, and and also you know being a really good uh, defensive catcher. I think he threw out the first guy that tried to steal on him in his debut. And uh, um, and then what I liked about it too is that uh, in one of the games uh, I think it was the Royals he got he got hit in the side of the head with a, uh, a follow through swing uh, from one of the the batters and uh, the ball was in the dirt and he was going to block it and he was also the uh, because the ball was in the dirt the guy on first was running for second and he was all ready to get up and throw it to second when he got hit in the head. And uh, so, of course, you know, the, the, the trainer comes out and, and, and uh, Kapler comes out and they're all chatting with them. And what I thought was funny was, you know, they're, they start to laugh. And, uh, and apparently uh, when he was asked later, you know, they asked uh, Wins later what he said. And he was like that he was pissed that he got hit in the head because that meant he couldn't throw the guy out at second. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, that kind of you kind of like that that kind of attitude, you know, endears itself, I think, to, to players and to fans. And uh, he just he looks the part, doesn't look like he's lost out there, doesn't look like he's not part of the team. And, uh, you know, I really like to see him. I mean, when when Gonzalez uh, threw out that runner to end uh, the inning with Webb on the mound uh, um, yesterday against the Royals, uh, you know, he was pumped. You know, he applied the tag then immediately was pointing out to Gonzalez and just, you know, it was really I really liked the energy that he brings. And uh, it seems like he's a good fit. So Austin wins is my player of the week. I mean, he's been amazing. I I he is not there for his offense. There's no doubt about it. Right. He's not there for his offense. Uh, he's there to be a good defensive catcher. I think he's there to be Kurt Casale's backup. Although he's been so hot, they had to play both of them at the same time. Well, and they, you know, over- and then they, you know, in that game, Casale hurts his hamstring and they can't mm-hmm. pull Casale because, because wins was you lose the your DH. Uh, DH. And, yeah. uh, and so, uh, I think he's proven really power, valuable already because then I think Casale needed a couple of days rest and Wynn started a couple of days in a row and uh, getting probably way more playing time than they had thought a few days ago. But, uh, you know, he's held his own. I think he's done great. I mean, he's a gamer. I, I think that's... I, I don't know what they knew about him when they went and got him, but he is no spring chicken. He's 31 years old. But this is his fourth year at the major league level, right? I mean, he's a major league backup catcher and and i we talked about this already you know where they they clearly are not happy with where they are uh in terms of major league ready catchers right um yeah that's why they got papirski that's why yeah they've definitely been looking for that yeah right and and maybe maybe buster caught him a little flat-footed maybe they really thought buster was not going to do to to retire and, and and that's why they're in this situation and they've had to kind of rebuild or they were really hoping um, that bart would do the Bart would be the answer. Yeah, and I, I think that's or, or both of those things, right? Yeah, and and I, I think it's probably more the latter than the former. I, I think it probably is more that they were really counting on Bart to be to be um, to be the guy. But I mean, I think that does really bring up a. I, I know we talked at length. We talked a long time about Joey last week, but I I do think it really does kind of beg the question because Austin wins does not have any options. Right. And neither does Kurt Casalian. And I think right at this point, you're like, we're not going to obviously they're not going to DFA Casali. Right. No, that's just not going to happen. No. And but the way that Austin wins is played and granted, it's a it's a short period of time, but he's really showed that he's a gamer and that and that he's a passionate player and and he can at least have flashes of greatness uh, at the plate as a hitter. 
Um, the question is, is, you know, are they, are they going to want to stick with him for the long haul? Like, you know, because he doesn't have options. This isn't a guy that they can play fast and loose with like the rest, like, like they often do. Right. Yeah. And I, that's going to be the interesting thing because Bart, Bart's going down, you know, he spent a few days with the club, you know, as I think we mentioned last week that he was going to not immediately report to, to Sacramento. And from what I read, mm-hmm. he's been uh, working with the coaches and, and just trying to get a, a plan together for to work on his swing. And uh, but, you know, there just doesn't seem to be. I mean, he's going to have to hit his way back onto the to the major league club, and uh, if if wins and Casale are both being serviceable and the Giants are winning, then I don't see a reason for them to bring Bart back up. Uh, and yeah, I, I just don't see it. And he's got options, and you know, there's really no reason to to bring him up. I mean, he could, they could option him again next year. He's got another one. He's got more options next year. So they're they're not they don't have to rush this. They can they can sit on right. this for a while. Right. It is interesting. I mean, I just wondered, like, what happens if Casale did get hurt, right? Would it, would well, it be yes, right. So that that's the only thing that would really kind of throw into a, a throw a wrench into those plans is if yeah, what happens if one of those two gets hurt? Who's next man up? Is it Bart or is it Papierski? Yeah. I, th- I almost feel like if it was Papierski, it would be because we want Bart to continue to stay down and work on what he's working on, which means the Giants are still invested in him. Right. right. But nonetheless. Austin wins, I mean, has been nothing short of a, of a, of a revelation. And, and I think, obviously, I, I think without a doubt, he's going to cool off. And, and, but, you know, uh, I think we know that he at least has flashes in him. And um, he's a veteran ball player who seems to fit well within the Giants' mentality already. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah. So I think that's a good pick for player of the week. For you. Well, what, what about yeah, you? Not as good as my pick. No? Well, what is your pick? Uh, my pick is one uh, Austin Slater. Hmm. I like uh, that. Yeah. You know why? Because defense Cause wins. Because Aus- defense wins baseball games, baby. Um, you know, because defense matters. And, and having Austin Slater back out there... And, and already making great plays, right? I mean, we've already seen him track balls down and and backing up plays when, you know, Yastrzemski is, is doing everything that he can to make a great play and, and not coming through. Yastrzemski is there to back the play up. I'm sorry, yeah, Slater is there to back the play up. Um, you know, it, it's it, 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 just having Austin Slater, a, a, an actual real defensive outfielder, you know, besides Yaz, Yaz is a, is a real defensive outfielder, but I think Yaz is a better corner outfielder than he is a center fielder. Yeah, yeah. And now he plays right field better than anybody on our on our roster for sure. Exactly, exactly. And 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 you put him in center field, and he's just not as good, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so having Austin Slater there available, um, both as a you know a late inning replacement. And then also, you know, when when we need him against um, lefties, right? It's um, you know, it's nice to have him in there. And and he hit a home run. Lead off. Not home only run. that, a leadoff home run, which ended up. Uh, well, I don't know. Was that enough to, to win that game? It I was. Yeah, remember. they won two to nothing. So yeah, yeah he... they won two to nothing. Yeah, game winning RBI and his leadoff home run. And uh, for those of you who don't know, who are too young to remember, game-winning RBI is an old stat. It used to be an official stat. 
it was an official stat, right? They used to say it was as important as the save or the win. They would announce it at the end of the ball game, and the game winning RBI was a leadoff home run by Austin Slater. <laughs> I think there were the stipulations, uh, just like the save. Like I don't think you'd have a game winning RBI in the first, but no, I'm pretty sure that was a game winning RBI. I'm pretty sure you could have it in the first at bat of the game. That's why they got rid of the stat because it was kind of dumb. But nonetheless, a game winning RBI for Austin Slater. And, uh, but for the week, he had uh, he had. Uh, three hits, two walks, four runs, a home run and an RBI. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. And it's nice just to have an adult out in the outfield, you know? Just, you know, somebody out there with, you know, who can run fast and has a normal haircut, never played for the Dodgers. And, you know, uh, you know, like I said, an adult. It's nice to have an adult in the outfield, Matthew. It is. It is. And and just as an aside, the career leaders in game-winning RBIs, Keith Hernandez and Eddie Murray. Which Keith was, Hernandez, a, a San Francisco native. Yeah. Well, or San Francisco Bay Area native, anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. They, uh, so they, they ended their career as the uh, game-winning RBI all-time leaders. Never to be replaced. Wow. All wow. right. So, well, I, I will say with, I'll be getting back to Austin Slater, I think that, um, you know, we've... We tend to, I think, as baseball fans, tend to overlook the the importance of defense, and and uh, and I think right now we're starting, you know, at least we've seen uh, this season how important defense can be. And I mean, just today, you know, granted it was Brandon Crawford, so I'm going to give him a pass, but you know, he booted a ball that allowed two runs to score in the first inning today, and that was the difference in the ball game. And and so I feel like we've got. Um, you know, there's just defense matters, and it matters as much as offense, and and uh, and we're and it 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 specifically affects pitching, as we talked about last week, and so uh, just we we don't but we don't put any emphasis on it. It's it, you know statistics are hard to come by. You know, really good statistics about rating different uh, different defenders, and so we tend not to talk about it. But I will I will say. There's nothing sexier than watching a center fielder back up a, a, a play in right field and keep a guy from scoring uh, who was on second base. And that's exactly what uh, what Slater did um, against uh, the, the, was it the Royals the other day? Yeah, I mean, yes, it, it was the Royals. And, uh, you know, what's I, it? I don't, what's that? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yes, it was the Royals. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I do think that defense is one of those things that is really, really hard to measure, right? And, and if you're into sabermetrics at all, you know that this is a problem that, that the sabermetricians have been trying to solve, right? That's what StatCast is supposed to solve, right? We think now that we have computers, you know, we can, we can do all of these things where we measure, you know, like where the player is, how quickly they react to balls, how fast they run. Catch probability, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Catch yeah. probability, yeah. Um, you know, we, we tried the whole zone thing where we said, like, you know, if you're covering this zone, how well do you do that? And, of course, shifts broke all of that. Um, it has been a really, really difficult thing to measure, but it absolutely matters, right? And I think it's a really intrinsic thing. It's a really easy thing to actually think about how it matters. Imagine for a moment that every, all of the nine players, sorry, eight players that you put out there, let's ignore the catcher, 
when you know they all had to stand in exactly their traditional spot right and and then a, a guy would hit the ball and if the ball went right to a guy he would catch it and they would be out and and if it didn't go right to him it would land in and be a hit right okay well now like you know if you think about that okay say okay that doesn't it doesn't you know your defense abilities at that point don't matter but now as you say okay now start to allow those guys to move and allow them to roam around well what kind of guys do you want you want guys that are going to be able to be fast that are going to be able to know where the ball goes and they're going to start to catch some of those balls that they weren't able to catch before because they weren't allowed to move and it makes a huge difference it makes a game where the ball always falls in turn into a game where the ball almost never falls in and and when you think about it from that that perspective you start to really realize that yes defense really really matters it's just really hard to measure and a lot of people say well i know it when i see it and and you know what the fact of the matter is you don't because what you see is a guy diving yeah but you know what some guys don't need to dive because they're faster well, I think a case in point right. of that is 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 Estrada, right? I mean, Tyro Estrada right. uh, has, uh, I think, in most Giants fans view him as a good defender because we always see him uh, diving mm-hmm. after balls. But uh, in reality, the the defensive metrics that we just talked about don't like him, and uh, he doesn't have yeah. a lot of range. Uh, he's booted some balls that he's gotten to, and uh, and so hasn't been as reliable a second baseman as as we would have liked, and so. Uh, that just shows you, right, that there's there's definitely a lot of nuance when it comes to defense. Yeah, and and I, I think you're absolutely right, because I think a lot of people would say, oh, Estrada's a good player, a good defensive player, and you're absolutely right. The defensive stats do not like Estrada at all, right? He's, yeah. he's at best mediocre. And uh, But the one thing that I will say about Estrada, something that I think has been different, because, because one of the things that we talked about last week was BABIP, right? A batting average for balls in play. Right. And we talked about how bad it was for the Giants. Well, guess what? For the last two weeks, it's gotten way better. Suddenly, the BABIP for the Giants is on when they're on the defensive side of the ball is is like the fifth best, right? So the, the uh, luck they, pendulum they, is swinging the other way then? The luck pendulum is swinging the other way, and I think that's probably what most of it is. <laughs> and I know how that's where you want to put it all under the luck. But, but I also think, A, it's Austin Slater being back. I think it's also probably the Giants shifting better, but I don't know. Maybe it's because Alex Cobb's not playing anymore because he's on the IL, and now we have pitchers who know how to cover first base. (laughs) Or it could be that Tyro Estrada has realized that I need to dive for every ball to make sure I get it, and then... And then try to figure out how to ball to get the ball to first base, because a lot of the boots that we've seen Tyro Estrada make are ones where he's bending over at the waist, but yeah. he doesn't come up with the ball. Right, because right? he's a half a step, uh, you know, slow. Right, and he stays on his feet, but the ball gets away from him. Now he's diving everywhere. He's, he's like sliding, smothering he's, the ball. He's like getting his body in front of it, kind of thing. Yeah. Right, and now he's and he's throwing from his butt. Yeah. Or he's throwing from his knee. But you know what? At least he's getting to the point where he can throw the ball, right? right? Which is way better than he was before. So that's something that, you know, we saw him end a Dodgers game that way. And then I think the very next day we saw him made a play similar in, 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 a, uh, in a, not, a, not to end the game, but, but in, in, a, in, a, in a late inning to make a good play. And he's throwing from his knees or from his butt. But the point is, at least he's throwing the ball. Right. <laughs> right? Because he got to it. Is that because the Giants staff is telling him, look, slide, get to the ball, 
or is that just luck or happenstance? I don't know what it is. Um, but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is BABIP has improved, but I would say it's probably a mixture of both. It probably is luck, but I think it is also the fact that you're starting to see, you know, some good, better defensive play from the Giants, and you're starting to see some of these better defensive players come back. And, uh, like, you know, I.e. Austin Slater, my player of the week. <laughs> All right. You know, maybe we should ask Bob who this player of the week is. All right, Bob. Come on, Bob. Who you got, Bob? Camilo's on fire. Well, that's a good choice, Bob. That is a good choice, Bob. That is a good choice. You know what I love about Camilo? Uh, So many things, right? He's my favorite player on the Giants. There's no, we all know that. But the thing is, the man is a scary at bat. <laughs> like, when he struck out Mookie Betts the other day, he threw, what, like four or five fast, four fastballs, three, maybe three fastballs that were 100 or 101 miles per hour. None of them in the strike zone. <laughs> he's, and he still struck Mookie out off of that well, let me just slider. Start that's slider after slider after slider, yeah. Yeah. And I think and, you think at some point Mookie's like, okay, the fastball's got to be coming at some point, right? And and you know, and to your point, not a comfortable at bat because you don't know where that fastball's gonna land. Right, right, right. And and, and at this point, it was when Eric Harris and AJ Przinsky were just just barfing all over each other about how bad commentators they were, because they were like, I don't know how to explain this. I'm too old. Baseball doesn't make sense to me anymore. I'm like, then why are you a color commentator on a national broadcast? <laughs> like, if you don't understand this, then maybe you shouldn't be doing that job anymore. Just, I don't know, a side comment. But but to me, what it just demonstrates is that Camilo, like that fastball, he doesn't know where that fastball is going. Some days he can control it and some days he can't. And that has always been true. I think one of the problems that he had when he first appeared early last year was he wouldn't throw the fastball at all. Yeah, he didn't have confidence in throwing it for a strike, so he didn't want to throw it at all. Right, so he wouldn't throw it. And then everybody but was I think sitting what on the he's slider now is, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he's learned now is that's a benefit. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know where the ball's going, guess who else doesn't know where the ball's going? <laughs> the hitter. Yeah, yeah. Right, right? I could look for that slider... And maybe he's going to throw that slider low and away, so I should get crowd the plate. Oh, but he might put that fastball in my eye socket. <laughs> so maybe I, I don't do want to crowd the plate. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to do that. And that's what I, I mean, that's, that's what I think makes May, a Camilo, you know, just a terrifying at bat. And then, and then on some days, he throws that fastball for strikes. Yeah, and then you just have and, no chance. And, you know, and you just have no chance. Good call, Bob. Good call. Good call. Well, I do want to say this is a actually kind of a significant week ahead of us because they're going on a seven-game... Is it a seven-game road trip? Yeah, it's a seven-game road trip uh, against the Pirates and the Braves. Mm. So One of those teams is not like the other. It's a road trip. Yeah, it's a road trip, and I, I I will say this: like the Pirates, you gotta sweep that series because it's the Pirates. I mean, the Pirates are you mean the same what, Pirates that all... swept the Dodgers. That's the same team, yeah. That the same team that is also one and nine for their last ten and has a record of twenty five and thirty seven. Because you know baseball, that's why. 
Yeah. Their home record is 13 and 17. Wow. Uh, you gotta, you gotta sweep those guys. Uh, and you gotta, and you gotta stay focused on that series, even though the next series is actually really important because it's four games against the Atlanta Braves who are absolutely on fire right now. They have won 14 in a row they have charged past the Giants, are now one game ahead of the Giants in the wild card standings. This is a huge, huge opponent. And this is another big test, a four-game series in Atlanta against the Braves. Well, and I think what makes this more important, too, is you know the, the playoff seedings will come down to head-to-head. If, like, if we're tied... You know, uh, right. at the end of the season, you know, uh, you know the play, the head-to-head uh, record is what will decide it. And so, you know, we we already uh, we already have a poor uh, head-to-head record against some of the others. So we need to we need to be able to win a series against uh, some of these better teams. I mean, at this pace, the the, the, the Braves are going to win the division because they're never going to lose again. <laughs> the Mets will be the ones that will be mean, like, what, what just happened? Yeah, I know. The Mets are only four games up on them. Yeah, Remember crazy. when the Mets were just? I mean, the Mets, the Mets, are, Mets were six and four in their last ten games, and they lost. They lost four games in the standings. That's four games on the yeah, they were eight games up on the Braves, and now they're four games up on the Braves. Anyway, somebody's got to cool the Braves off. It might as well be the San Francisco Giants. That's right. That's right. You know, and and unfortunately, because the Giants play so, played so raggedly, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. You got to beat every team you play uh, to make up for that that ragged play. So. I mean, I, I know that like four and three, four and three would probably still be pretty great, but I'm very, very intrigued to see how the Giants come out of this against playing one of the worst teams in, in, in the National League and then what might be the best team in the National League right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I feel like, I feel like we've, we've, we've had a good run today and, uh, uh, you know, you're in the beautiful tropics and getting to be outside for the first time in a while. So, um, from COVID. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, see, on, on that note, I think there are a lot of followers that aren't following us on, on Twitter. And so I want to take this opportunity. Right now I'm looking at our Twitter feed, and we have 499 followers. So I would really like to see us hit that 500 mark uh, after we publish on Thursday. So please head on over and give us a follow. You know, you'll see our cocktail recipes. Uh, we like to, you know, live tweet some of the games. Uh, so, you know, have, have fun with us over on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram as well, at Giant Cocktails. That's where you can find us. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then don't forget, you know, rate us and, and subscribe if you haven't already uh, to, the, uh, to the podcast listener of your choice and, uh, you know, listen to us every week. All right, well, Ben, it's been good chatting with you. I hope you feel better. I hope the family uh, recuperates and you're able to at least enjoy a couple of days on the on the islands before you head back to to, to California. Um, and and actually, oh, that's right. So next week, huh? Next week, you're going to be elsewhere. Yes, I I may not be here for next week's podcast. You and I still have to figure that out. Yeah, um, we will figure that out. We might have a guest uh, a guest podcaster with me. It may be me solo, just talking smack about Ben the whole time while he's not here. I don't know. <laughs> we're we're gonna have fun. I'm with gonna it. be a, I'm gonna be on a different volcanic island in a different ocean. Believe it or not, <laughs> drinking uh, lots of vodka. One, I hope. 
uh, or whatever it is they drink there. I, I don't know. I think they, they, they like soak fish in alcohol and bury it in the dirt there. But you're not going to, that doesn't sound like a tasty cocktail. <sighs> you know what, Matthew, at this point, I, I'm so, I'm, I'll do anything. <laughs> well, when in Rome, man, when in Rome or Iceland. Or when in, when in, when in Reykjavik. As they say. That's right. As the saying goes. All right, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for hanging with us. It was great talking baseball with you. Uh, Well, until the next time we meet, Ben, cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. I'll talk to our guys. (laughs) 